Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome back to the Lifestyle Chase. I am your host, Chris Little. I've brought back my friend, Dan Feldman. Um, The Lifestyle Chase has been on a bit of a hiatus. I just got kind of busy, so I'm excited to bring back a guest for another guest episode. But without further ado, Dan, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, my friend. How are you? Good. Can't complain. Um, It's just been so cool to see everything that's kind of happened just in the industry and our careers since the last time you were on the show. The last time you were on was March 2021. So, Wow, it's been a while. What, what has happened in the time that has passed since then, just to bring our guests or our, our audience up to speed? What has happened since then? Um, well, I so, so now I spend most of my time running a, a, a uh, insurance-based private practice here in the United States. I was getting that set up, I believe, in March 2021, but it wasn't like a full-time um, gig for me. So now, you know, I see clients uh, most most uh, via telehealth, um, you know, uh, every week or every other week, be it, you know, weight loss, um, you know, uh, more complex, you know, disease states people need medical nutrition therapy for, muscle gain, things like that. Um, and people, most of my clients use their health insurance, so most of them don't actually have to pay, which is cool. Um, so that's what I spend most of my time doing. Currently, um, I also do some part-time work. I think I was doing it back then as well for examine.com, uh, doing some research reviews for them. Um, when I'm not doing that stuff, um, still posting on social media, on Instagram, uh, powerlifter dietitian, still powerlifting, um, I think that pretty much, I moved to Jersey city, um, since then, but that's, I think pretty much what's happened. Well, I mean, that is a good summary and we'll be able to kind of like dive deeper into some of those things, but, uh, something that I think brings a lot of value to anybody that follows you is your ability to take like really high level information and deliver it in a way that's more constructive and like not so much that they feel bad when they're learning it they kind of feel like they walked away with something so like unpack your process a little bit as to how you got to where you are with your content creation because i've noticed it's refined itself over a period of time and i can imagine there's been some like bumps along the way and maybe a learning moment so let's talk about that yeah so when i do pretty much anything I tend to just start and then as I go, kind of see what works and what doesn't work. And it's been the same thing with posting on social media, posting on Instagram. Um, you know, I when I started posting first back in 2019-ish, 2018, 2018-ish, um, it was mostly training videos. Um, but, you know, I've always had an interest in, in, you know, reading nutrition research and explaining it. So I started to post some of that stuff. 
that got some traction. So started to put more um, stuff kind of explaining uh, complex nutrition uh, topics. And over time, I started to realize that uh, posting an image that was very eye-catching, you know, like a graphic that was very eye-catching that, that, that would explain the point and also like grab someone's attention, those posts tended to do really well, you know? So, so I started to gravitate more towards those, you know, those kind of graphics with kind of arrows pointing to things and kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, um, images that can explain something very complex in a, in a, a um, simple manner, if that makes sense. Because with social media, I find it's a balance between wanting to have accurate information, but then also wanting to grab someone's attention because it's ultimately a competition for people's attention. Um, so, if, you know, I found that if I could find that balance between, you know, grabbing someone's attention, but also not just saying random shit, you know, because it's easy to grab people's attention and to make eye catching content. If you just say whatever you want, like, oh, water is poison. Well, you know what I mean? Like just ridiculous yeah. things. Yeah. But if I could kind of find that balance over time, I saw what worked and what didn't work. Um, now, more recently, things seem to be uh, moving more towards reels. You know, Instagram at least wants you to do these little videos. So, um, you know, I've recently started kind of navigating um, how to, you know, create, you know, brief videos that um, do still kind of serve that same purpose. Um, so I've just recently been diving into that. Um, and um, yeah, so that, that's been kind of my process there. Um, it's like I said, it's really that balance between being able to understand and interpret the research, but then also being able to explain it and express it in a way that can, um, that doesn't require a, a, a great deal of focus, something that, um, can be delivered to uh, an audience that might not have the largest attention span, because that's sort of what social media is, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's super clear. So something that I kind of wanted to talk about with regards to being the person who creates the content is oftentimes, in many instances, the most qualified people are the most reluctant to create content. Like the people who actually understand how to create research are going to hesitate more um, on creating that helpful content. And the people who don't understand how to read research at all aren't going to hesitate whatsoever and they'll just say like cereal is bad for you and they'll just do like 12 videos a day so do you find that that is something that you that kind of speaks to you that you relate to is that a process you've had to kind of battle and overcome yes <laughs> it's funny because over the past few months i've actually been a lot less motivated to post on social media to be honest with you um it for one, a lot of people on social media just kind of suck. I'm sure you've experienced this, just people trolling and people just saying horrible things that like no adult would normally say to another adult, you know, in person, but just, you know, just, just really rude things. And it's like, I, you know, there's a big part of me that just doesn't want to deal with that. Um, also, you know, it's, it's pretty time intensive if you want to do it right. And if you want to actually have your information be accurate, um, because, you know, as you well know, a lot of topics are, you know, relatively nuanced, you know, um, and to articulate a point accurately, it requires a bit more time and to create content that is accurate, 
you know, uh, is pretty time intensive, you know, especially with the videos, you know, like those, those can take a couple hours, a few hours to make, you know what I mean? Um, so, so, you know, between that and, you know, obviously what I do with my business, which is seeing clients, you know, one-on-one, not, not that everything is about money, but that is my livelihood, you know, and the Instagram is just sort of this like fun thing, you know? So, so, um, I do think that that makes it difficult, um, to, to kind of want to, um, to post, you know, like, uh, with like a great deal of frequency, cause it's a lot easier to just, you know, um, you know, take my shirt off and my shoes off and go into a grocery store and say, you know, legumes, bullshit and then just make up some dumb reason or put up a PubMed abstract that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Right. That doesn't really take any time. Um, you know, that's, that's more so just knowing how to market yourself and how, knowing how to fool people. Right. But to actually like make a video debunking that, you know, going through, um, you know, the, the research on, you know, okay, the compounds in plants, um, you know, do, do they really have defense chemicals that hurt you? Well, no, um, you know, these, these are chemicals that can defend against like bugs, you know what I mean? And to really kind of talk about that in a more nuanced way, um, it takes time and it takes energy. And we all, I mean, we all have limited time, but I find more so it's limited energy. I just have only so much mental energy. You know, and working with clients one-on-one, I love it, but it takes mental energy to work with someone and to help them. Um, Same thing with doing research. You know what I mean? It takes a good amount of mental energy. So it's like, where do I want to put that? And at least in this point in my life, a big part of it is, you know, I do need to make a living. So a decent part of it is with my business, which it actually is, is, you know, is the the more lucrative part and the stuff with the exam that I'm actually getting paid to do, you know, just... And whereas just creating content, which yes, it's helpful for people, but just creating content for the purposes of getting more followers and likes, it kind of loses its luster, to be honest, after a while. And it's like, why am I doing this? You know, yeah. so and, and again, that's not saying I'm like not posting at all, but it does. Uh, there's only so much time and mental energy that I can put towards something, um, which is like, a hobby and something that can potentially be pretty toxic, you know, as I'm sure you see on social media. So hopefully that kind of a bit of a rambly answer still early for me in the morning, but um, caffeine's kicking in, but hopefully that makes sense. You spoke to a lot of things that are super important. I mean, speaking to just how we have to be thoughtful of how we can be received when we're putting out our content. You talked about how some people are just like, they're saying things to other humans that people shouldn't say to other humans. Like something that I've thought about recently is that like there should be almost like a an opt-in where if you want to like DM somebody or comment somebody or like talk shit about them behind their back, you have to like sign up for a Zoom call to say it directly to them. And yeah. then you get approved to be able to say that stuff. Because it's like some people have no idea what they're saying when they're giving feedback on social media like they don't have any idea of how they're like speaking out of turn or they're taking things completely out of context there's an example that came up for me recently where like um i think it was like this monday uh some kids smashed like the front door of my building 
And so there's glass all over the ground. And I like added some comments about how I had to find the kids and I had to find the parents. I had to talk to them and I was like, okay, are you guys going to pay the bill? And that little like story panel got shared like 26 times. Um, but nobody talked to me about it. So I'm like, what are you guys talking about? You like when my glass gets smashed or what? And so it's just like little weird things like that, that happen on social media make me question like what my purpose for social media is. And so what I've learned is much like you kind of talked about is you kind of have to reverse engineer it and think about what are your needs as a human being, like for your, your income, um, your, what you need to do to actually be happy. Like, do you need to dedicate this time to go to the mountains or do you need to dedicate this time to make content that people are just going to talk shit about? And is this going to help you get the clients that you need to buy a new house? Or is this going to help you get like internet clout? Exactly. I found by like taking that and reverse engineering it. I feel like I don't owe the internet anything like what I might have a couple of years ago. And it helps me kind of think a bit more constructively as to like, for me, I don't need to necessarily like teach people how to be a trainer on my social media. I basically, my goal personally is I just try and show up as the most approachable, uh, kind person that I can be. Um, and if somebody thinks I'm an idiot, I'm fine with that because most of the people that work with me have said that they work with me because of my approachability and just like emotional intelligence, stuff like that. So that's what I showcase. And then if somebody is saying that I don't look like I lift or anything like that, it doesn't really matter because my clients think I look like I lift. So that's all I need really. Yeah, exactly. One thing that I wanted to highlight about uh, just being able to see your path from a distance through the social media is you've gotten really, really jacked. So I wanted to showcase that and just make sure that you knew that I I am uh, seeing and inspired and everything like that. What's that quest been like for you? Yeah. So, um, by the way, I like the angle I've got on the video I have here. I don't know if this will just be audio or video too, but it's it like, makes, okay, cool. Cause I've been, yeah. Uh, the delts are, are, are coming in and I'm, I'm at perfect distance to the camera where I can try and fill it out. But, um, no, so I, I mean, I've been, I mean, I guess technically I've been lifting weights since 2012, but I mean, a lot of that time was like suboptimal stuff, like, like trying to constantly lose fat, whatever. So, you know, I wouldn't say I was training like kind of more properly until maybe 2017, 2018 started. Um, I, that was when I got into powerlifting. Um you know, uh, uh, hired, um, you know, Eric Trexler from Stronger by Science as a coach in, in late 2019. And the goal was really focusing on powerlifting and, and also building muscle, um, you know, and, and that has really been the path, you know, since then I'm actually in a, a fat loss phase currently for, for a powerlifting meet that's coming up. But um, really the process has just been pretty straightforward, um, you know, doing lots of compound movements and isolation movements and trying to get stronger over time, trying to improve my performance over time. Um, and, you know, more recently I've been able to get pretty lean, which makes me look more jacked, you know, with my shirt off, but really it's, it's very straightforward. You know, it's, it's doing the same shit, you know, um, the, the compound movements, um, you know, some isolation work kind of strategically put as needed to increase volume on certain muscle, muscle, uh, muscle groups. But, um, 
you know, it's really the basics, you know, um, you know, some, uh, some squats, some deadlifts, some variations thereof, um, you know, some single leg stuff, you know, obviously some bench press, you know, plenty of rows, um, some vertical pulling, so, you know, lat pull downs and chin ups and, and, you know, some overhead pressing with dumbbells and barbells, some isolation work for, you know, my, uh, hamstrings, my quads, you know, uh, biceps, triceps, um, stuff like that, really nothing too complicated, but just rinsing and repeating over a long period of time. Um, and that's it, you know, there aren't really any huge, crazy secrets. And, you know, being a dietitian, um, I do ensure that my calorie intake is at an appropriate level where I can gain muscle, or at least maintain it that right now while I'm losing fat, um, and eating sufficient protein, enough carbs for, for, uh, you know, fueling my training, really straightforward stuff. You know what I mean? It's nothing too crazy, but just doing it over time, you know, and keeping meticulous track of progress over a long period of time. Absolutely. It, you know, I mean, recently there was a post by one of my friends and it was talking about how it would be amazing if more trainers kind of talked about body image and confidence and insecurities and stuff. Cause a lot of people think that trainers and fitness professionals and registered dietitians and everybody in the industry kind of looks at themselves as being like people who would never think poorly of themselves. But the truth is like quite the opposite. And like, whenever I am noticing any kind of like a weird behavior directed towards me from somebody who doesn't know me, I, I have to jump to that conclusion that they're probably like really battling something internally. And so it's not so much their assessment of me, but more so it's an inconvenient uh, case of them assessing themselves poorly and then projecting that out to other people. And so with that uh, piece of content, I started to talk more about just my own journey, just with like body image and just like um, appearances and stuff. Because like in 2019, I was very, very lean. I was doing a lot of spin classes. I was strength training like four or five times a week. Uh, my nutrition was a lot more strict. It was a lot of like garden vegetables and um, very high in protein. But like from a psychological level, I wouldn't say I was at the level where I'm at now as far as like confidence or just like sense of control or um, resiliency. It would be like anything could have taken me down then despite the appearance of being unstoppable. Um, and so it's just, it's interesting to me having that insight and self-awareness because then when I'm talking to other people, I have the self-awareness to know that, well, if I'm like that, there's a likelihood that my friend is like that too, where it's like, yeah, they might look jacked, but there's probably some other stuff behind the scenes that they're working on too. With that said, is there any kind of stuff that you're kind of working on to help build the other areas of you as a person, your resiliency, your confidence, et cetera? Yeah. So definitely one thing I try and remind myself is to have other things that I uh, take pride in, in my life outside of my fitness, you know, um, so for example, for me, you know, I uh, actually was originally before I wanted to get into fitness, be a professional musician. So, you know, getting back to music a little bit, have just something that's not related to my career or my fitness goals that I can also still take pride in and think about, you know, um, so like that, playing some piano, playing some guitar. Um, I've gotten really 
into language learning as of late. Um, you know, I, I speak Spanish pretty well, but trying to perfect it and trying to learn like Chinese and French with the goal of one day, like traveling to those countries and speaking the native tongue, just creative and uh, things like that, which, you know, if I were to get seriously injured or God forbid, and not be able to train for a long period of time, which can happen, you know, and all my gains go away. I have like other stuff in life that I can kind of um, be confident about and had to take pride in, which I think is pretty, pretty important, you know, so, so, um, and, and yeah, and, and then obviously just reflecting on the fact that, you know, our gains are not forever, you know, um, fitness isn't everything, you know, um, we could get injured and not be able to go to the gym, we could gain weight due to life circumstances, you know, so having a, a uh, deep sense of self confidence, you know, um, beyond just our appearance. Um, and, you know, one other thing that I is kind of morbid, um, but I do find helpful is actually reflecting on death. Um, and reminding myself that, you know, life is very fragile, anything can happen at any time. Um, you know, so just kind of keeping that in mind and, and reminding ourselves what's most important, you know, in life, you know, and, for and, sure. I mean, you talk yeah. about that being morbid. And for myself, I kind of think of it as most as like a blunt reality, like, I've had the opportunity to kind of almost watch my life flash before my eyes. I've been hospitalized. I was on the ground. They put me in an ambulance. They took me there, woke up, whole family around me. So it was like I had that like close call where I started to kind of see like my human experience a little differently. I started to realize like, I mean, if there's, there's certain instances where if I don't do it, I'll never get to experience it. So as far as like jumping into the fitness career, if I wasn't willing to do it, like I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be reincarnated into a dog or something like you never know. So it's just like, if you don't take the chance to do that stuff, then you won't experience it. And then with us talking about social media and setting boundaries and limits on our time and making sure that we're making enough money. Like if we don't set that line in the sand, we're going to miss out. We're just kind of giving it away. We're giving it to somebody else. And so I think it's, it's important for people to realize like how precious life is and like, uh, Every week, if we look into our extended social circles, there's probably a young person in their late 20s, early 30s getting diagnosed with cancer or dying of a heart attack or losing a battle with their mental health. Like there's all these realities that are happening like right in front of us. So when we're able to make that assessment as to what is important, like what really matters, because like Instagram, you could just delete my Instagram account today and I would just realize that it would be up to me to go and find the addresses of all the people that I talk to and get their phone number and like actually go and visit these people. If that connection was so valuable, because otherwise we're just like staring at a screen and we're like, okay, this is validating. All right. And then we put our phone down and we look around and like nothing happened. And we didn't do yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And, and yeah, we spend so much time um, worrying so much about Instagram and about followers and, and all of this, but yet we are still looking at a screen, you know, and then when we do turn off that screen, it's just us here. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually someone who has observed your musical talents and it's actually a nice like little social break when your content mixes in some of your piano playing and stuff. Do you ever foresee yourself 
integrating your musical talents or even your language skills into your content talking about different uh, research? Probably not. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't, I, I, well, what I will say with, with um, language, I, I have had every now and then a client come to me, like who just, you know, finds you through their insurance. This actually happened yesterday. Um, uh, you know, looking at the intake form, I was like, this person, maybe not a native English speaker. And it turned out she spoke mostly Spanish. And I was able to help her with what she was going through and, and in Spanish. So, so stuff like that happens every now and then. As far as content, I don't think directly um, that my Spanish is definitely not at a place where I think I could create like content like uh, regarding nutritional sciences in Spanish. You know what I mean? Um, but it's, uh, I do find that that kind of creative muscle you know, um, is a muscle that's flexed when I'm creating content, especially certain types of content, you know, um, like I said, um, communicating complex topics in an easy to understand way. Um, you know, I find that that kind of same muscle that I'm using with language or, or, or musical stuff, I'm also flexing that as well. In hearing about just your experiences with how you've been able to leverage your creative talents, it kind of got me thinking about sort of an exercise that I've done with people just with other jobs or leadership roles where I help people find their strengths that they might not be aware of in a means to help progress them faster than they might have realized that they could go. So I'm going to add some context to that. Like, I've had some experiences working uh, for Lululemon and doing some presentations within the internal level. Um, and one of my favorite things that we went through and it's kind of adapted from their vision and goals workshop is uh, getting people around you to describe like three of your strengths. And if you find like people that you've genuinely connected with over a long period of time, it can be eye-opening to learn that the strengths that other people see in us are not the ones that we're saying about ourselves. Like it's, it's so crazy that there's like this mismatch and what that did for me in creating my content. And there will probably be a shift in, in the weeks and months coming forward. Cause I'm going to try and leverage that a bit more is that uh, there's a lot of things that bug me about myself that nobody else actually cares about and then there's a lot of things that people like that I bring to my spaces and connections and friendships that I don't properly showcase and for me it's it's more like my my ability to add light to a situation sense of humor smiles like sometimes I'll do a whole piece of content and I just have like this stone face and I just like look like I'm mad at the world and so if I find ways to integrate humor into my content um then I found it has created much more traction. So I'm going to provide like the latest sample. I shared my uh, pepper plant with the internet yesterday and is probably one of my most uh, well-received pieces of content in the last few years. And it's just because the guy just be myself and I have a pepper plant on the balcony and I didn't think it would grow. And so I went and I grabbed it and I showed everybody what was up and there's like 60 pepper plants in that pot. <laughs> Um, but that's where I see a big opportunity for us to make social media more sustainable from like a mental health level, because sometimes like the, prior to that, my most viral content, I almost wanted it to not be viral. 
because it got so taken out of context and so mis misunderstood uh, that I was like, oh, I just, I kind of want to shut this off. And in most cases of, with regards to like gym closures, lockdowns, things like that, um, or it was things like uh, the, the glass being smashed and then people taking it out of context and thinking that I was just like complaining about life and not just like taking initiative and dealing with it kind of thing. Um, so what I found is when I'm able to leverage the strengths that other people see in me, and not worry about trying to match up how other people show up in the industry or match up with uh, kind of what it feels like to fit into the box and do things just the way that would be like by the blueprint, then I have an easier time spending time on social media. And it's almost like I don't have to put in as much effort because I just press record and I just be myself. And I find that to be much more rewarding. So with that said, um, I'm going to hold myself accountable here. What I'm actually going to do in like the, the coming like weeks and months, I'm not a musician at all. Like I drum, but I also have a guitar and I don't have very many skills. I can play like three chords, but I'm personally going to integrate guitar and ukulele into some of my upcoming content. And like, I'm the kind of person where if I say this on my podcast, I'm going to actually do it. But you'll be able to see how that transforms in my content and my secret hope. And it's not peer pressure or anything, but my hope is that you'll be able to kind of take some of your superpowers and add them into the stuff that you're already doing. Because like, I think it's kind of like knowing someone has so much to them and then not everybody in their audience gets to see it. So I'm someone who I kind of do a deep dive when I make connections with people and I tend to kind of like learn a lot about them and I pay attention to things. I'm like, imagine how much more well received your content would be if people got to really like get buy-in as to who you are as a person um and then they had like they just got more excited to see what you had to say because they got to know who you are as a full human being and not just through your intellect and your delivery and your ability to go through and understand research Hell yeah, man. No, I love that. I think definitely uh, the more kind of natural in that way we can uh, make social media in terms of just being ourselves, um, as you said, it'll flow a bit more naturally and, and it won't feel as like forced, like putting trying to put a, a square peg through a circle uh, hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so that, I think that definitely makes sense. By the way, you mentioned you only know three chords on guitar. Most songs are composed of like three chords, you know, like one, four, five. If, if you can do a one, four, five, you know, um, you know, you know, C major, F, F major, D, um, you know, D seven or G seven, rather, you can play most songs, you know, well, with I mean, three chords. the best part is you're going to have like the inside info that like what I can, I'll be able to make it look like I'm very talented with the guitar but I'll just be kind of utilizing or leveraging the few skills that I have and kind of making it work and making up words as I go. But it's just like, I was having a chat with one of my friends uh, yesterday about how I used to do like YouTube videos when I was like uh, from 14 to 18 or so. And I probably had like a hundred silly YouTube videos. And it was during the time that a lot of like the well-known accounts were just starting out. Um, it was before the time of Mr. Beast. It was around the time of uh, the Shaytards. They're like a vlogging family. Um, 
they were just getting started around that point and I was kicking myself because I was like, if I had just kept going, I'd probably support myself through YouTube. But I got self-conscious and then I got concerned that I'd get like made fun of when I got into the fitness industry. So I just completely cleared out all of those videos and basically started from scratch. But what I'm learning now is if you kind of own your differences and kind of leverage the little quirks and weird things that make you who you are, then you can actually make further progress in your career and personal goals and not have to like strain to be able to exist in an environment where people can be so harsh. Like for myself, if people just know that I don't think that I'm like the, the biggest lifter in the room and I don't think I'm the smartest person in the room, but that uh, I'm self-aware and I'm empathetic, then they're not going to be like, oh man, like I know people stronger than you because I've already identified that I'm not like thinking that I'm like, I, I understand that there's going to be people better and stronger and faster than me. My game is I'm just on the internet to make genuine connections, friendships and help people be better and not die. Um, so my hope is that I'll be able to kind of dive into that aspect of social media and start to leverage some of my quirks a bit more because otherwise it's just like what's the point of having this stuff because if it's not if it's not getting us closer to our big goals that we want to hit for the year like the lifestyle goals the like personal goals then it's not serving a purpose anymore because it can be very harmful if it's not helpful exactly exactly it's such a it's something that we tend to invest ourselves so much in and we can take so personally that, you know, just as you said, we have to keep that perspective in mind with regard to what it's serving us, you know, mm-hmm. and how it's serving us. Um, and as you said, it, it has the potential to be very harmful. So we want to be very mindful of that. As we're kind of like navigating towards the end of this episode, there's some topics that I want to talk about that are more so like important to you and maybe might be inspiring to the listeners. So I'm going to explain what I mean there. Oftentimes when we are pursuing our little like goals within our career, we forget to do all the fun things in life. Like we forget, okay, well, I wanted to actually hike that mountain or I wanted to go on that trip or I wanted to learn to dance or this or that throughout uh, just all of the closures and lockdowns and stuff like that. A lot of people probably had some time for self-reflection to kind of like hopefully have sort of like a aha moment where they're like, Oh, if I don't do this by the time I'm like 40, that's going to really suck. So what I want to know is in like the next like year, what are some things on your bucket list that might not necessarily have anything to do with your career that you want to check off that would just mean the world to you if you actually were able to accomplish them? The next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, over the next year, honestly, my plan was to spend a bit more time kind of working and saving up money. Um, That's, frankly, my, my goal. So, you know, when I'm thinking of bucket list, I'm thinking more like five, 10 years, but honestly, and this does kind of hit on your point of, of, you know, also enjoying life, at least for right now, for the next year, it is very important for me to take time out to spend time with my family. Um, I know that sounds kind of cliche, um, but you know, my parents are 65 and 60, almost my mom's almost 62. Um, and just from some life circumstances that have come up and kind of like I was talking about before and how life is pretty short, you know, as, you know, and I do want to travel and like see countries and, 
you know, I've been skydiving, but all kinds of stuff like that, you know, it's cool, but not forgetting to spend time with the people I care about most, you know, because it's easy, at least for me to get sucked into my work and not to into kind of take my family for granted, you know, or take friends for granted. So trying to, you know, spend more time with the people who I love and who I care about, even if it's not traveling, and it's just, you know, going for coffee or, or, you know, just hanging out with my dog for a bit. Um, that's really what what's, you know, um, as far as like, you know, bucket list, you know, that's, that's at least in the immediate term beyond kind of building my career and, and, and whatnot. It's really that kind of just spending time with family, you know, and, and not forgetting totally. to do that, you know, so, so my mind is more so there, at least for right now, as opposed to, you know, um, you know, more so kind of take, doing more extravagant things. Um, but yeah. I mean, that makes sense. That resonates with me because it's very similar to what I, that's how I'm wired right now, just to kind of give a snapshot into my world. This is the busiest that I've ever been in my career, even outside of fitness, which is great. And I'm really grateful for that. And that's like huge. And a big part of that is the connections that I made in the industry because I do a lot of work for other businesses. But one of the things that I realized that I really needed going into it, and a big part of this was because of like the, the lows of gym closures and just isolation and everything, I realized how non-negotiable my time with family and friends was. So for me, some of my rules for myself are like basically every week, I want to spend time with my parents. My parents are, uh, they've just both turned 69. Um, so it's like time is precious. Like, I mean, during the pandemic, I lost an aunt who was basically like a grandma to me. And so then I realized, okay, like you got to pay attention to all these uh, important family members and you got to like water the plants, like, so to speak, as far as like connections go. And then another thing that I prioritize and this results in like very condensed work weeks, because I also have those financial goals where I want to save up money and stuff like that. Um, but I just make sure that I make it a top tier priority to spend time with my nieces and siblings. So each of my nieces, when it's their birthday, I plan an activity day. And so no matter where my career goes or no matter where I go geographically, those things are, are like fixtures in my life. And sometimes I just like, that's a big part of why the podcast slowed down because my family took precedent over the podcast because the podcast wasn't at a point where it was like helping with my income. And so that was kind of a choice that I made. So perhaps there might be some like newer trainers or just people kind of like finding their course in life. And they're like, Oh, so like these people who are putting out a lot of stuff actually tap the brakes when it comes to like their, the essential items in life. Um, and another thing that I'll just kind of tack on there because it might be helpful for people is even if you are very, very busy, if you are guarded and have really good boundaries, you can make time for like one really good friend or something or a couple of really good friends. And the amount of like emotional like boost that you'll get from that one interaction a week um, can be pretty incredible. Whereas if you made excuses and you just let uh, work tasks gobble up that three hours of time in the week, um, your well-being just won't quite be the same. So another thing that I'll do is I'll kind of 
I've got a few super close friends or just people that have just been there for me. And if they ask to hang out, I will like bend over backwards to make time for them. I'll move meetings. I'll work harder on tasks to free up some time, whatever I have to do to make sure that they get my time. And then if somebody that is just kind of almost taking advantage of my good heartedness asks for time, then I monetize it. So I'm like, well, my consultant rate is like $150 an hour. And that that's not actually true. But in some cases, I might have to bump it up. Um, and it's just having those boundaries um, that might be the only way that people can reach their goals in the career and also be happy. Because there's a lot of people that what we would see from them on social media where like they made it and they're struggling. Um, and the thing with social media is a lot of times we aren't good at tuning into that and we just see that they have something that we don't. And then we do personal attacks and we don't think about how the person could be feeling behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, just the expression that I use is protect the house, protect the, ha the castle. I think I stole it from Under Armour or something like that. But I think it's so important as we're moving forward and growing and learning that we keep those things like first and foremost. So I wouldn't even say it's like cliche for you to be focused on that stuff. I would say it's like something that everybody should be doing. Like even if their, their structure, their support system looks different, like maybe it's not as traditional kind of thing. You probably have like older role models in your life and people who are like your peers and they help you get through your tough times and they're good sounding board and so hopefully uh people kind of put a little bit more precedence on that and a little bit less on the vanity metrics of social media and just uh what people think we do and more so on what we know that we do yeah and i mean as cliche as it sounds i mean social media is a highlight reel after all you know we only see what people want us to see you know, so absolutely. And it, um, it, yeah. Did you have anything else to add to that? Not really. I was probably just going to ramble off, but, but that, you know, <laughs> I think you, you put things really well. Well, I mean, as we're kind of like segueing this into the, the finish up of the episode, were there any things that have been on your mind? Like maybe things that you were thinking about as you're prepping for the episode that you kind of wanted to talk about to the masses or like lessons that you wanted to share? Um, I guess that one thing that I would say just with regard, cause you know, we were talking about social media and, and comparisons and whatnot is that, you know, no matter how much success it seems like someone has had, there's pretty much always a lot of shit behind it. You know, we all have to kind of go through rough shit. Um, you know, in life, and that might look different for different people, but we're all, we all have our shit that we go through every day, every week, every month, every year. And hopefully, you know, you know, I, I guess what I want to express is just um, to remember that when we are scrolling through social media, or we see this, po this person who we want to emulate or someone who we admire, you know, we all have our shit. Um, mm. For some people, it's more visible than others. But, you know, we all have our shit. And, um, you know, it's part of being human, you know, and um, 
you know, because, because I know at least for me, when I am going through stress or overwhelm, it's easier for me to kind of seem like this is happening to me and that I'm all alone in this. But if I can remember that, okay, everyone goes through overwhelm on some level on some days, it's just part of being human and it passes. Yeah. I find that to be helpful. Well, to kind of cap that, um, there's an expression that I heard a while back and it really kind of stuck with me and is something that I reflect on often. And my use of this expression might be out of context, but this is the way that I use it. The expression being uh, never meet your heroes. Um, and the way that I interpret that and reflect on that is being that like oftentimes we'll sit back and we'll see like our mentor, our role model, that person that we want to like model ourselves after. And we think that by the time we get to that level, all of our like demons and our problems and our battles that we face, our insecurities, our mistakes, our like history will just like be wiped clean. And then we actually like have a one-on-one conversation with them and realize that they are just on an equal level insecure and on an equal level making mistakes and they don't have all the answers and sometimes they're scared about their future. And we thought that they were the safety blanket. We thought that they were the person that was going to save us and like bail us out and that when we got to be like them, that we wouldn't have anything to worry about. And so that's a big component as to why I think it's so important to like foster meaningful connections and become like super self-aware and find that sense of confidence outside of our physique and appearance, but also internally um, and find purpose for the things that we do so that the content that we're making isn't just to make somebody else go good job, but it's more so that the content that we're making is something that like when we die, we're like, I'm glad that I did that. Like, I love your infographics, but I can imagine there's going to be moments where it's like, if I had four hours to spend on an infographic or four hours to spend with my parents, which one would I rather do? And every time that you make that decision to spend it with family, I would be in full support of that. I would just wait for the next infographic, even if it was a year later. Yeah. Um, But with that said, that basically wraps up our conversation. I can assure our audience that you will be back on the show, given if you have the time to be here. But uh, thanks for coming back on the show today, Dan. Yeah, thank you uh, so much for having me, man. I really, really um, appreciate it. Always a pleasure.